0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. How many of you, if you could be any person in the Bible, who, who would you be? Why don't you go ahead and tell me. If you could be any person in the Bible, who would you be? Riley. <laughs> so Riley says E and I will not give the reason why. Anybody else? Who would you like to be, Mrs. Fiji? Mary and sit at and the one who sat at Jesus' feet says Miss Fiji. Okay, brother Danny. Daniel. Daniel? Okay, Miss Miss Daniela. Ruth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anybody? Anybody at all? Who you would be? Of course, of course, sure. Yes, Brother James. Who is that? Boaz, yes, a very gracious man. Oh, oh, I got it. So Miss Daniela said Ruth, and he I get it. That was smooth. That was smooth. I like that. Oh, very good, very good. Ethan. Ethan says David, Miss Tammy. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Brother Steve. Paul, yes. Brother Mike. Elijah, yes? Brother Keith? Peter, yeah, I I can see that as well. One more lady? One more lady. Who would you be? Miss Elaine? Mary? Mary? Which one? There's a lot of them. Mary, the mother of Jesus. (laughs) I've heard uh, men say to the question that I asked David. Who said David? I think Ethan, you said David. I could definitely see that. I've heard Jeremiah. I've heard Elijah. I've heard Timothy. Timothy. And then ladies, I've heard, uh, so Ruth, I've heard Ruth, and uh, Esther, heard Esther before, and uh, Mary, yes, and Martha, I've heard Sarah, and Priscilla, I've even heard Priscilla. And uh, now there are some names you just don't hear. You never hear a man say, I'd really like to be Aiken," or Sanballat, or Tobiah. You never hear a lady say, I'd like to be Jezebel, or Sapphira. But there is another name that I don't believe I've ever heard. And it's the subject of our message tonight. I've never heard somebody say, I want to be Andrew. Have you ever heard somebody say, I would like to be Andrew? And I think maybe it's just because we don't know much about him. Uh, but I, I, now, I will say this. We can use more Davids today. Uh, we can use some more Ruth's and Sarah's and Martha's and Mary's. We can use some more Elijah's and Elisha's. But may God send us more Andrews. That is my message tonight. And and yes, let God send Elijah's and and Paul's and Peter's and all of those. But God, when you send those, send some Andrews as well. So I'm just telling you straight up, right here at the beginning, I'm hunting for Andrews tonight. And ladies, you can't get away from that. And and Andrewettas as well, I'm looking for. Um... Find a church that is growing and thriving and seeing God's hand of blessing upon her with souls being saved and lives being changed, people being baptized, uh, people joining the church. I guarantee you there are Andrews in the pew. Now, it's important for the pulpit to be hot. I was always taught if you light a fire in the pulpit, people will come to watch it burn. And I've tried to do my best, and it is important. It's important for the singing to be alive. We're going to have battles with the sound system, but you know what? Another thing I was taught, and I think all of you um, could pay tribute to this. Whenever there are a lot of distractions going on, it's because the devil wants us to be distracted. He's the prince and power of the air. If he can find his way in through a cell phone that's left on, if he can find his way through some some precious person who just has a cough that day, he'll he'll use anything that he can. Don't worry about it. Don't let it get under your skin. Let's just focus in. The devil might try to distract. There's a dog out here that, I mean, it's about to turn into Korean barbecue if it keeps on going, but... We just got to focus in and make sure that we, we are listening to God's word. But it's important for the singing to be alive. It's important for the Sunday schools to be edifying. We should be learning. It's important for the nurseries uh, to be orderly and functioning. It's important for the grounds to be clean. It's important for the kids to be cared for. But without some Andrews in the church, the church is going to die. Without Andrews in the church, any church is going to die. And I'm going to try to bring that out tonight. And I promise you, you can be like Andrew. From the youngest person here to the oldest person here, you can be an Andrew. And we join this story in the wilderness. And it's the day after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And John is there with two of his disciples. And he points to the one whom he's been preaching for or preaching about for so long. He says, behold, the Lamb of God. Now, one of these two disciples was named Andrew. Look at verse 37. And the two disciples heard him speak. Haven't we all heard the gospel? Haven't we all heard that Jesus is that lamb of God? That precious final sacrifice. Our searching is over. In one man, the entire Old Testament law was completely pictured. And uh, prophecy was completely fulfilled. Never forget the day when you heard that it wasn't our religion or our works or our righteousness or our prayers or our baptism or our church or our parents or our pastor that took away our sins. It was the precious lamb of God that took away our sins. In church, I have a question. Why would he love us so much? Why would he do that for us? Why would he choose to leave heaven and be that precious lamb of God? Why did he see us worth leaving heaven for? Why did he see us worth dying for? Why did he see us worth saving? Why does he see us worth returning? Have you ever done anything to merit that? Some of us have come from religions, come from churches before where you have been taught that you have to find a way to earn God's favor. Some, I I look around and some have come, uh, I know uh, some aren't here, maybe they're working, but some have come from the Mormon church, where you're taught you need to earn God's favor, and it's not just Jesus Christ and his blood, it's works that you must do. Some around have come from the Catholic church, and you've been taught that it's not just uh, belief in Jesus Christ, it's also the sacraments and all these things, and and being baptized and... uh, following the Pope and, and all these different things that aren't in the Bible, but, but we're taught that, and, and I think it's our nature that we believe we have to find a way to earn God's love. But it was while we are yet sinners that he came and he died and he rose again. It's while we are yet sinners that he makes intercession for us. Where would we be tonight if we had never heard that Jesus Was that sacrifice? Were it not for grace, I could tell you where I'd be, wandering down some pointless road to nowhere with my salvation up to me. So at this point in the story, we have a lot in common with Andrew because every single one of us have heard that Jesus is the Lamb. And if you weren't like Andrew before, you are now. You've heard and you need to do something about it. There are billions of souls in this world that have never heard the gospel one time. They've never even known that Jesus existed, that his precious name is real. There's something powerful about that name. When you hear it in your language, Jesus for English-speaking people, Yeshua for Hebrew-speaking people, and you can go through all of the different languages, there's something powerful about that name. And there are billions of people who have never heard it one time. Why was God so good to us that we have heard it hundreds of times? Countless amount of times. Why did God see fit to do that for us? There is a reason why. And it's not just so that we can hear. Look at the end of verse 37. The two disciples first heard him speak. And then what did they do? They followed Jesus. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It wasn't enough for Andrew just to hear that Jesus was the Lamb of God. Andrew says, if that's the Lamb of God, then I want to be as close to him as possible. We live in a country where we have been blessed to hear so much about Jesus. We live in a city named after him, for goodness sake. And the problem with America is not that we haven't heard the problem is, that we don't, is not that we don't know who he is. The problem is that we know who he is, but we don't follow him. We know who Jesus is, but we don't follow him. Or like Peter when he was backslidden, we follow him from afar off. And we have just enough faith to get us saved. But what about living by faith? You know that story about Peter stepping out of the boat? How much faith do you think that took on a scale of one to hundred? To step out of that boat, I'd say about 100. What about the next one? What about the next one? Think it got any easier? No, we live by faith. And what are Christians doing? Living with just enough faith for our salvation? But we're not gonna take the next step and the next step and the next step. God has a next step of faith for you. Me? Yes, you. You, no matter how far you've gone in your journey. God has a next step of faith for you. And if you have to ask, what is it? You know what it is. We all know what it is. We have just enough faith to believe that he's the lamb. We're happy that he's the lamb, but we don't want him to be our shepherd. And he's both. He is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, but he is also the shepherd that leads us And we can't be happy that he's the lamb and then not happy that he's the shepherd. We need to follow, not just here. And that's not how you feel when you're like Andrew. To Andrew, if Jesus is worth believing, then he's worth following. Even if it means changing our current situation. Think about Andrew. He is in John the Baptist's inner circle. He had tenure. He is intimately close to the greatest prophet to be born of a woman. But in a moment, when John says, there he is, it's time to move on. It's time to follow Jesus now. And he drops everything. Following Jesus is always worth it. Following Jesus is sometimes difficult. But I'll tell you this, it is never as difficult as following the world. It is always worth it. It is sometimes difficult, but it is rarely convenient. It is a narrow way with a straight gate. And there is not enough room for you and your will in the narrow way. There is room for you and your Lord, and that is it. If we are expecting a bed of roses when Jesus had a crown of thorns in this life, we are sorely mistaken. We're called to be disciples. You can't say disciple without discipline. If we would follow Jesus, we have to be willing to unfollow everything else and everyone else. Look in verse 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is, to be, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Did your parents ever tell you growing up, don't invite yourself over to other people's homes? And when Jesus turns around and he says, what seekest thou? Where, where do you live? But Jesus didn't mind a bit. He says, come and see. Look in verse 39, they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. For It was about the 10th hour. You know, you can be as close to the Lord as you wanna be. The more you read your Bible, the more he will speak. The more you pray, the more he will listen. The more you draw nigh unto him, the more he will draw nigh unto you. But it is a tragedy that the majority of the time it's Jesus knocking at our heart's door saying, let me come in. Let me come in and I will sup with you and you with me. I grew up in a church of, I would say, 1,500 to 2,000 people. And we loved our preacher, but I remember growing up and being under the impression that preacher was too busy. We would go up and we would see him during handshaking time and maybe a little bit after, but that was it. And I remember finally getting into Bible college, graduating. um, And yes, I had just married my wife. And I wanted to get to know my preacher more. So I went up to him knowing what he was going to say. But I said, preacher, I know that you like sushi and I like sushi. So let's go get sushi. And he said, I'll get back to you. And I, was, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And that very next day he said, let's meet up Thursday. And we went and we, we spent, I think, I think, three hours in eating until we couldn't eat anymore. But then we talked for so long, we ordered more. And you've, you've seen my preacher and he, he can, he. And I remember being so, so excited that I was able to spend time with my preacher because I didn't think maybe he had time or I didn't think he, I, I, I don't know. But listen, we, I get excited about spending time with my preacher. Church, you can abide with Jesus Christ tonight. You can spend time with him and his word when you follow Jesus, your pillow may be a stone. Foxes may have their holes and birds may have their nests and rich people may stay in their palaces, but it doesn't matter where you are. When you abide with Jesus, there's nothing like it. If you're not abiding with Jesus tonight, is it because he's run from you? I've told this, this illustration before, but there was a, a young married couple and their first vehicle as a married couple was a pickup truck and it had a bench seat. None of this console in the middle. And when they first got married, the husband was driving, and the wife was snuggled up right next to him, and he always had his arm around her, and they would drive. And as they start, yeah, <laughs> easy, Brother Davila, okay. As they start going, suddenly, one day he looks over, and the wife's got her arms crossed. She's sitting all the way by the window. He's got her arms crossed. And he's kind of looking over. You doing okay? I'm fine. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Fine. Start driving a little bit longer. Sweetie, are you sure you're okay? You know, you remember when we first got married? And we just got, we got this truck and We would always snuggle together. You would always drive and you would put your arm around me. I miss that. Why don't you why don't we do that anymore? The husband thought for a little bit and asked, Well, who moved? He's in the same spot. It's not always our fault, is it? It's not always our fault. We do our best. You have some people that are romantic like Brother Danny and now everybody's got to go crazy for their 20 year anniversary otherwise we're going to look horrible. I have a list right now about this long of people who want to renew their vows. People who aren't even married, they're just saying I'm just when I get married someday I'm going to need to renew my vows because Brother Danny made us all look bad. If we're not close to the Lord tonight, who moved? Who moved? If you were once close to him, And you're not anymore. Who moved? It's got to be us. He didn't run from us. Now, here you are on a Wednesday night, and I'm yelling at you. I know who you are. Many of you came straight from a hard day at work. I I think it could be safe to say up to this point in the message, we, we are like Andrew. I hope so. Think of how blessed we are to be able to hear the gospel of Jesus, to be given the grace to follow him and even abide close to him, to hear his voice in our Bible reading, to feel his presence in a church service, to see his hand moving in a situation, to know that he hears our prayers as if he was holding us in his arms, to have found the one that our soul was searching for. But it's right here where I wonder If we are still like Andrew, it's here where we must remain like Andrew. It's here where the world can't afford for us to not be like Andrew. Look in verse 41. He first findeth his own brother Simon. He saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. I love those first three words of verse 41. He first findeth. Those words describe initiative. They describe priority. They describe anticipation and excitement. Can you walk with me through Andrew's scenario here? He's following John the Baptist because John is preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They've been looking for the Messiah for years. It's been 400 years since the last prophet when John the Baptist comes on the scene. And the day finally comes where he says, there he is. So Andrew hears, he follows, and he abides with Jesus. He speaks with Jesus. And I'm guessing that it didn't take very long to realize truly this is the son of God. But the whole time, maybe that he was abiding with him that night, you know what Andrew was thinking? I've got to tell Peter about this. I wish Peter was here. As soon as I get a moment, I am going to tell Peter about this. And he wakes up in the morning, and I don't think he walked. I think he ran, and I think he found Peter. Peter, we found him. Our search is over, and he brought him to Jesus. You know, we get excited about the most temporal, fleeting, and ridiculous things. When we find a good restaurant, we tell everybody about it. Stephanie right here, her favorite restaurant is called Boat & Net. She hasn't hasn't traveled much. And she she has, I mean, for what, three years now? Three or four years. Pastor, you have to try Boat & Net. You must go. I mean, at least once a month. And finally I went, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. But well, we find a restaurant, and we tell everybody about it. We tell people about TV shows we like. Hey, have you seen this? Hey, have you watched that? We, talk about, we can talk about sports for hours with complete strangers. Now, think, think about all the times we came across something and said, I've got to tell so-and-so about this, or I've got to show them this. And why do we do that? I think because it's natural. I think it's natural for us. We want to share things that make us excited. We want to share things that um, make us happy. You know my, f- my, favorite, m- uh, my favorite drink, the Clearly Canadian, okay? So the reason I love it so much is because when we were growing up with my family, whenever we went on vacation and we would go to Goshen, Indiana, that was our vacation. We would go to the Indiana Dunes in Mount Baldy. Well, there was this piggly wiggly And Piggly Wiggly had Clearly Canadian. And when you had Clearly Canadian, you knew you were on vacation, because we weren't weren't well-to-do at all. Um, And we only got it on vacation. And sure enough, as soon as you fall in love with something, it gets discontinued. So we lost it, We, we had no idea what it was, and there was this grassroots campaign for about 10 years trying to start the company back up and crowdfunding and all of this. And I had heard through the grapevine that it was being sold up in Canada again. We used to have this world market right here on SPID, and now it's a liquor store. But we used to have this world market right here. And one day I'm walking in, and I see it out of the corner of my eye. And there it is, a case of clearly Canadian. And guess who I'm calling right away? My brother. So I call my brother, and he sends me to voicemail. So I text him. I say, you have to answer the phone. And he doesn't text back. And I can see red. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Get back to me. <laughs> what in the world? So I call him again, and he sends me to voicemail, and he texts back, and he's angry with me. He says, I'm in the middle of a meeting. I can't talk right now. And I said, cancel the meeting. You need to call me. <laughs> and so he literally thought it was an emergency. He got up out of his work meeting. He's a manager. He's, he's like a big, big-time manager. He left his meeting and calls me. What's going on? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, but I have to tell you about something. He starts yelling at me. What are you doing? I'm in the middle of the meeting. I got to go back. I said, Abe, I found clearly Canadian. And he goes, what? (laughs) The meeting can wait. I'm on my way to Texas. So I bought the entire case. Then he finds a world market next to him, and as soon as he leaves, he goes and he buys two cases. And I think we probably still have some, but you know, we, we had been looking for it for so long. It was exciting. I know it's kind of, it's kind of a silly illustration, but there was no way I could keep it in. It, it, it meant that much to us. It just couldn't wait. Do you know what witnessing is? Witnessing is taking that natural desire that we have to share something that excites us and just sharing the gospel. Just use that same emotion that we have about, you name it, whatever, a car or a a menu item or a a sports team or something, and for goodness sake, get excited about the gospel. But maybe that's our problem. Are we not excited anymore? Are we not excited anymore that we've heard the gospel? Has our full soul begun to loathe the honeycomb? Are we spiritual eglons? And we come into church and we pick and choose what the Bible is gonna gonna teach us that day when there are 300,000 people in Corpus Christi who are starving to hear the gospel. I know we're not the only church in the area, and I'm not saying that. Praise the Lord, there are churches here that are preaching. But there are 300,000 people here. Do you realize why? Have you ever wondered why? Let me ask it this way. Have you ever wondered why people go to churches where only crumbs are being served? Have you ever been to a church before, maybe on vacation or just something, and it's just, there's something Mm. Do you ever wonder why people go to church where the meat of God's word is so covered in sugar that the good of the meat is completely undone? Why do people go to churches where the confections of man's opinion are served instead of the convictions of God's ordinances? Why do people do that? Because when you're starving, you'll eat anything. We're searching left. I promise you, people are craving for what only Jesus can give. I understand that the news and the outlook of everything right now, you look out and think everything is just falling apart, but people are craving for what only Jesus can offer. And they have to know. They have to know there's a, there's a place that you can go. There's places you can go in Corpus Christi and hear about Jesus Christ. And you're gonna be told about grace and you're gonna be told about love, but you're also gonna be told about sin and holiness and judgment to come. Do you know how many people find Jesus? The majority of people find Jesus through people who have already found Jesus. Andrew found Jesus and then found Peter. He first findeth Jesus. Simon, his brother, and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah. And Peter went on to be one of the greatest preachers in history. Now, God uses people like Peter. But before he ever used Peter, he used Andrew. Perhaps we can never be like Peter, but we could all be like Andrew. I've heard many people say that Of all the people in the New Testament, nobody had more souls added to his account than Peter. I can tell you emphatically tonight that is not true. Now, I don't doubt that there will be millions in heaven someday because of Peter's ministry. But however many souls Peter has on his account, Andrew always had one more. Because he's the one who won Peter. There will be millions in heaven someday because Andrew simply heard and followed and shared the Lord with his brother. Millions in heaven, but there will be millions in hell because churches need more Andrews. It is not God's will that any should perish. We need more Andrews. Never lose your excitement. Never lose your sense of responsibility. Never lose your faith. Never lose your initiative. Never lose your belief that people are searching for what we have found. Brother Mike, Sonny's are looking for the Lord that you have found. That young man that you led to the Lord in that parking lot. He was looking. And you shared with him. And what Brother Mike told me is he went and he saw him selling his wares and he didn't have a track on him. So he goes home. And there's a track there, and he says, honey, we're going back. And they drive all the way back, and there's Sonny, and he leads them to the Lord. Jillian just led her cousin to the Lord the other day. He was searching. James, you just led a man named Julius the other day. He was searching. Miss Priscilla, I don't want to embarrass you, but I loved your story the other day. She went to Cole Park, and I think there was just a gathering for, I don't know if you were just there taking the kids but there is a lady there. And she ends up leaving and even packing up the car, I think. And the Holy Spirit said, You need to go back and you need to give her a track. And what do you do at that point? You try to find every reason. And Miss Priscilla said no. And she fought through it and she took that track and she went back and she invited that lady to church and she was here a couple weeks ago sitting right there. Now I don't know if she'll ever come back again, but I'll tell you what, she heard the gospel. God will do his part, but we must do ours. So church, that's why I handed out one of these. I want you to be thinking, whose name does this have on it? For Andrew, it was Peter. Who is it for you? Would you accept the challenge tonight that I am going to keep this as a reminder? And we have more in the back, and grab as many as you would like. But this one, this is for someone specific. This isn't just going to be left behind at a gas station. It's not going to be given to the to the waitress unless the Holy Spirit just really lays her on your heart, but this is for that one that I hope we all pray for during the invitation time. Lord, lay one on my heart. Maybe you don't even know their name, but you've seen them before, you see them around. And this is going to be that one. Church, if we are going to go forward with the gospel, it's going to have to be specific. We're going to need to be targeted. Find one this week, and then once you find that one, find another, and then find another, and tell them we found Him. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.